Hi, and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Jake first. Jake is head chef of Cinder, the elegant fire-driven restaurant in Fitzroy North's 150-year-old pub, The Terminus Hotel. He's also executive chef of the Kick-On Group, a hospitality group that runs large-scale, high-end venues in Melbourne, Sorrento and Queensland. Since the group took over the Terminus, they've completely renovated it, creating a casual pub feel out the front, extensive beer garden and marquee seating out the back, a private dining room upstairs and cinder, which is truly breathtaking. It's quite the maze in the Terminus and Jake took me for a tour before we sat down to chat. When we came back through the door to Cinder, there was a lot to take in. Bluestone back wall, timbered ceiling and wall features, and the original pendant lights glowing softly and bathing the room in golden light. Cinder also has a private dining room with exquisite wines forming a wall at one end. For the lucky 80 people who have signed up to the Cuts Club, and there are still places, they have a specially assigned steak knife handmade by MD Knives, and that's Matthew Deschamps in the Dandenongs. These all hang in a wooden awards cabinet on the wall for when the lucky 80 come to visit. It really feels like a magical place. Jake is all about the collaborations, and you can check them out on the Terminus website. Important to note though is the upcoming Melbourne Food and Wine Festival event where Good Foods Young Chef of the Year Nicholas Delagianis from Audrey's will join Jake on March 28th and 29th for a unique take on the surf and turf. Delagianis love for seafood and First's passion for dry aged beef will collide in a great way. Jake and I talked about all sorts of things and once we'd finished Jake told me that he'd prepared lunch for me and I very happily sat down to delicious dry aged Cape Grim steak Perfectly cooked, of course, and I felt very special indeed. Hi, great, how are you? I'm here to have a chat to Jake. Jake, Oh, wow, it's beautiful in here. Hi, Jake, how are you? Nice to meet you, sorry, I just went around the circle. How's this? Good, thanks. Have you been here before? I haven't, it's gorgeous. So, yeah, what we did, so. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's been 150 years of pub, hasn't it? 
they reading all this, they're working on. And um, yeah, it's sort of a good opportunity to do something really nice over the other side so we can cater for the casual guys, pub food, all that sort of stuff on this side. Yep. Everything. Um, yeah, they do something really nice over here. So we have a really strong following for steaks and stuff and high quality meat already. Yes. So we can adjust the grilling. So it looks like grilling the corner. Dry joint in and offered like a premium space to, to sort of eat it all. Oh, it's so, so yeah. nice. It's so nice to use the bluestone and so on as well, isn't it? Gosh. We redid the function room as well. So there's the old um, accommodation up there. So really pokey little rooms. Yep. Um, so we continue this, this sort of wash all the way up. And as we got to the top, there was the builder just took a like, hammer to the wall. It chipped off about an inch of concrete all the way around. Oh, exactly right. So, and it would have been quite a different view out the window then too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is gorgeous. So yeah, we yeah, do have a private room up here as well. So, so how many, does, would this, do you do sit downs yeah, sit or down, stand, stand up, up. Parties, all that sort of stuff, yeah. depends what sort of comes through. Wow. But um, when we get the back done, um, we might turn this into a bit of a extension of cinder all the way up so because it's a bit of a mix now with cinder in the pub just to cater for everyone so, so how many like if, if, if all these spaces were filled how many people is that <laughs> 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 like when we read the kitchens it was only for that little beer garden and the sort of the front area yeah so we had to really tweak the menu and get smart about it get a prep shift in early morning yeah so the boys can do everything, then that, that kitchen sort of turns into a just purely service for the day. So, so is it a big team in the kitchen or between both? We've got about six then. That's a lot. So yeah. a little corner pub. Like yeah. And so it's probably a locals place but also a destination place then with that's what, that's what we're trying to do with this side because yeah. it was an extension like just the like the dining room of the pub. because we had to there's no point doing the same menu both sides out of two kitchens. It's, no. It doesn't really make sense. So we took the opportunity to do something a little bit nicer because there's a lot of money around here as well. A lot of people don't want to go into the city anymore. No. Stay local. There's some really nice restaurants up Northgate. Yeah. But there's here and maybe the wreck. That's beautiful down there. But I was yeah, there on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. like down there. It's, yeah. it's really nice. It is lovely down there. So I was, this is my third very old building, yeah. like in three days. So yeah. Wednesday, the wreck. Um, or your Wednesday and then yesterday I went down to South Melbourne to Hotel South Melbourne yeah. <laughs> and had a chat to um, Lewis there and looking at, there's something about these over 100 year old yeah. buildings at the moment yeah, yeah. exactly so, but how yeah. great yeah it had so much potential like, so we had, it's got the private room mm. what we struggle with like I said the kitchen the kitchen's like a bit of a Lego kitchen now just kept getting built on built on and yeah. we've got some like there's the prep kitchen's just behind that black wall there mm. um, oh it's so classy as well yeah so you're, you're pretty lucky with everything, so yeah, and it's starting to really take off, which is mm. good. So I think we're about a year in. Yes. Obviously it's slowed down a little bit to pieces all the way through and interest rates went up with sort of a bit of a hit there, then you get all the public holidays and people go away. And, yeah. And um, we actually closed down January because we're part of the group that has the Continental Hotel as well. Oh, and Sorrento. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, joint partnership there with Scott 
Mold, who's actually Mold Head Chef for oh, Friendship it? there as well. I love Scott. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so we sent everyone down there to work because it was wild down there. So Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so the, yeah, the group we've got here, Sorrento, um, the Plough Inn in Brisbane, Osborne. We just bought the Grandview in Cleveland, so yeah. there'll be a big multi-million dollar redo there. Similar sort of setup to here, we'll have a little bit of a, like a more premium offer upstairs in the old, it's Queensland's oldest licensed pub. Wow. Old verandas all the way around and upstairs, so we'll see similar sort of style to this. Then Townsville and Gold Coast, and he's got a couple more on the go. So well, I was thinking it must be really, it must be good being part of a group because um, it's, it's, we're quite lucky. We got this December two thousand nineteen, yeah. three months, and we got yeah. shut down. Yeah, and we're just like, oh, we're lucky we had the ones in Queensland to keep everyone rolling, keep everyone getting paid, and like, sort of paid for the redo because we're, we're sitting there just like, oh. Because it was, it didn't look anything like this. Um, mismatched furniture, sticky floors, the walls were falling apart. It was, it was pretty bad. Then yeah. um, we just thought, might as well give it a crack, and it'll either pay off or it won't. And it, yeah. and it did. So we've been really, really lucky with that. But yeah, having the power of the group and the group buying power and everything else that opens up, it's yeah. It's so, oh, it's, it's. I mean, everything's so, you know, beautiful. I mean, looking at your. Um, your meat, uh, what do you call that? Fridge? No. The dry ager. Dry ager. Yeah. 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 We, we're, we're lucky with that. That's gorgeous. It all ties into the group because you have big expenses, supplies. They actually pay for that for us. Yeah. So the, the, the leverage you can get from everything, it's it's unreal. So. And had you worked? I suppose you had worked with um, with over fire before, but that's quite a particular way of cooking as Little well. Bits and pieces like we thought with the whole lot. We keep it pretty simple. Like we use try use the best stuff we can yeah. and just do it properly. So. With the steak following we had here, we upgraded the brands. We, in partnership with Linders and Co, so we use a lot of Robin's Iron, Beef, Cape Graham, Wanderer, Pure Black, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and like, so the, the only other thing we could do was put the Jocelyn Grill in. So over fire, like a steak over, over coals, it's, it doesn't get much better than that. Mm. So um, that was a mission, because we had to bust through the walls, take new flues up. It's not just about putting the, put it in, there's certain regulations and stuff where you, you have to follow. So we got through that, like, so it was a bit of a nightmare. Punching through walls, putting new exhaust canopies and stuff. Oh, right. But yeah. It's The difference is amazing. So we've actually got another one. We've got another restaurant going in corner of Langridge and Oc- or Cambridge Street in Collingwood. Yeah. Um, Jasper Grills as well. So, okay. But not down the steak road, so more vegetables and fish and stuff like that as well. Okay. So, so that's still using wood, is it, for a Jasper mm-hmm. or charcoal? A little bit of both. We, yeah. do, we mix it through... We use some lump charcoal um, and some processed bricks for the consistency of the heat. So it, when we're getting, getting um, touched up in here, 80 covers, 80 steaks, you need the consistency. You don't need to be reloading it all the mm. time. So, and there's a big lump of um, red gum on the side that adds a bit of flavor through, a little just smoking on the side. So you get that smoky flavor and yeah, just a perfect char mm. on, the, on the steak, so. Speaking of 80, so I was just reading about the special club. Oh yeah. What, what's the, what's so we the just, club? We started a cuts club. Um, is, so, it, is it limited to 80 or is it? I've only got 80 knives. So we got this guy, uh-huh. MD Knives, out in Daniel Rage. Oh, so I spoke to them. him for Broadsheet. He's so great. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, Craig would only let me buy 80 because they're $350 a piece. Yeah. Um, so all um, numbered. There's a board. I'll show you the board out here. The oh. presentation board is. So it's targeted around, like we had a lot of guys 
uh, East Ivanhoe and stuff that come in, where Craig lives. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So oh, my God, they're so, it's beautiful. It's stunning, isn't it? Like, he's done such a great job. Oh, I love that you've got, yeah, Matthew. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you come in, you always have your knife on the table when you come in. So, we've sold about 30 memberships now. Yes. Um, gives you priority access to the dry ager. Um, but the key thing to it, you get a birthday steak as well on your birthday, but the key thing was just opening up and opening up certain times and stuff for other guests. So if you, we're, we're currently open Tuesday, Saturday dinner, Friday, Saturday lunch. But if you want to, if you're part of the club and you want to come in on a Monday lunch or a Tuesday lunch, we'll open it up. Um, obviously minimum spend and stuff like that. Wow. We'll do events. We've got one coming up in Penfold soon, so. Oh, I read about that with um, an incredible wine. Yeah, so they'll bring out, we've got a couple of magnums of grain, so um, that'll come through as a special taster. Wow. A surprise taster, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, we've got some good partnerships with that as well, so. Yeah. yeah, it's just about opening up and like I said, just get some more people through, getting people, experiences for people as well. Yes. So that's, yeah. a, that's the major one. But yeah, the, the knives are stunning, so, yeah. And they are beautiful. Have you been to a studio? Yeah, at, just a little... Out I know. Beautiful. <laughs> like, when I found him, he was like, oh, come out and see me. And I'm like, oh, darling. I was like, we're... I know. <laughs> and we got delayed because of the storms and everything. got delayed so many times. And, yeah. But yeah, then when he came through and I looked at him and I was like, this is incredible. And we found that old board. It dates back to 18... 86, I think it was. It was like out of an old Masonic lodge. Yeah, I was going to so, say, it looks like one of those ones where people's names are yeah, written on them. everything was all on. So the guys, yeah, cleaned it up and mounted it all up and it, it's come up on the ground. So, mm. like I said, you open it up in front of guests, people are like, what's this? And that's where we get all the members and stuff from. So it's just about enjoying. Like, there's nothing better than having a, a beautiful steak knife that cuts for everything. And, Absolutely. And like, that's our own design as well. So he's made that. He'll make, he won't make that sort of design for anyone else. And the handles are all different wood, are they? Eight different types. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're all Australian timbers. Because I know so. he uses a lot of um, fallen wood yep. and so on as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's amazing. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, we're quite lucky with that. And, but, yeah, just have $35,000 worth of steak knives sitting on the wall is <laughs> a bit daunting, but cool. <laughs> all about experience really so. and I think um, and I love you know um, that you've you know that you've been out there to his studio and so on I was thinking you seem to be very collaborative and um, and I was reading about some of the other things that are going on here and you're going to be working with um, Nick yes from Audrey's and super I, exciting so yeah I met Nick because we're part, obviously part of the group when I um, went down to help the Sorrento open last Easter so I met him through there and I've been pretty hands on right up till December until my new baby come in January so that's right. um, I've yeah. seen that on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was pretty hands-on down there, and like I said, the relationship with Nick, and then it ties back to the Scott, because I've known Scott for 15 years. I did the second and third year apprenticeship with him at the point. Um, it's all good to sort of come back around. I think Scott's going to try and make an appearance as well. Oh, wow. So yeah. yeah, it's really exciting. So I've seen a lot of the stuff that Nick does, and it's, it's beautiful. I've seen you won that award last year as well. Yes. Which was... So I haven't spoken to him for the conversation with the chef, but I have spoken to him for the broadsheet book when they mm-hmm. did home and he contributed a recipe. So that mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, it was good he's to talk to him. Yeah, he's, really nice he's really nice. Yeah, have to come so on. knowledgeable as well. Like, yeah. For yeah. such a young guy. It's, yes. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so 15 years you've been a chef? Uh, a little bit longer. So oh, I was pretty much born into it. So my parents had a catering business back in Wagga Oh, okay. So 
yeah, I've been working with food since I was four or five, washing dishes all the way through, and it got to sort of high school and decided if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it properly. So, shipped down here when I was 17, I think it was, um, and started my apprenticeship at Toofies in Carlton. So, when it was a seafood restaurant there. So, two years there, then then went with Scott, um, worked a couple of years there, which felt like 10. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, then moved around Melbourne, a bit at the French Brasserie, working with Gabrielle Martin as well. Um, at a couple of his restaurants, then um, yeah, bouncing around and got into contact with Craig and the guys that own this sort of group because um, my brother worked with him in Albury and was more jumped into the pub sort of game because I look after here the, the group exec chef for the, the whole group. But it's just about learning the numbers and learning how the business works and how to make a living out of it as well. Mm. There's no point doing all this food if you send everyone broke. No, so, that's right. But. And that's it. That balance, isn't it? Once you get up into those leadership roles, I mean, even head chef, and then obviously executive yeah. as well, as you have to have that balance of still thinking about the food, but obviously yeah, and the discipline the of the margins and yeah. the labour control and everything else. Like, we I look after it's close to three hundred and thirty chefs now, from wow. Sorrento to to Townsville. So it's pretty pretty full on, and the structure and the organisation you need to need to have it. Does it does it take away some of the joy of cooking are you still able to I'm pretty hands on here I'm really lucky to have this little pocket because I'll I'll be in here tonight Um, sometimes I do the pass on this side sometimes I run the food but we've got a really strong team here now with Sonny the head chef and it's been a lot of work all the way through building it up but now sort of letting go as well is a big one to make sure it works yeah there's no point having places that I can't look after all these people and all these restaurants if they don't don't work without me there, so yeah, it's it's good to have this one because I can get in there. We can buy the beef that we want. We're really lucky that the pub runs really well, so we can. We just bought some A five wagyu the other day for seventeen hundred dollars. So we'll slice that up tonight for some guests. Wow! Um, and yeah, like I said, access to the the dried stuff we we run. That's probably holding about close to nine thousand dollars worth of stock now. Um, there's about twenty grand worth of beef in the quorum as well. So good. it's really good to have this this little outlet to yeah. forget about the numbers, forget about the people for a bit and um, create some new dishes and we're starting to filter some of the dishes into the pub side as well. So making a nice salad out of a beef cheek and bits and pieces and taking that fine dining training into the pub side and really elevating it through there and especially in Queensland, they don't want to sound rude, but they're about 10 years behind us all. Um, but we've seen some, well, we just make some simple salads out of duck legs and um, bits and pieces like that, a kingfish salad and they're really taking off up there, mm. which is good. It's good for the business, it's good for the chefs up there as well, because mm. they're getting away from just frying squid and cooking parma, so. Yeah, yeah. Is that, a, is that a public thing as well, though? I, I mean, I'm not saying anything mm. about the Queensland public <laughs> either, but um, <clears throat> is it about, you know, what maybe tastes have changed over the years as well? Definitely, like, yeah. it used to be all about, you get your plate as long as it's full and big, it's mm. a good meal, but now they're looking into quality and, yeah. And fresher, fresher items as well. And, and do you have to go around all these places? Yep. Like, so I haven't been since November. Okay. I've got a really good, solid Queensland exec chef up there looking after it because the flights are through the roof now, accommodations through the roof. Mm. Plus I've got two little kids at home that, yes. that need me as well. So um, probably another month I'll start tripping up there again. So maybe once or twice a month. Yeah. Um, but it's mainly, Ash has got it held down quite well. We've got really strong head chefs and we put a lot into each team. Um, to make them feel part of it, make it feel that they're right, because at the end of the day, they get paid to do a job and um, they should be held accountable for it. Um, so, and it only brings out the best in them as well. So, 
we're going around and rather than going there and doing stuff, I'll take them with the Townsville. We went up there and took them out jet skiing. Yeah. Bits and pieces like that and to sort of make them feel like part of the family and, and everything. So the role of the exec chef for me has changed a little bit. Obviously hands on here and creating more menus and filtering them up. But when I go there, it's making sure everyone's, everyone's good, checking in the team and making sure they're, they're doing what they need to do. So. And are they, um, so, so they take care of their own menus? You don't have to do menus for that? Um, we have a, like a sort of a brand bible for each area because each area is quite different. Yeah. Um, the Osborne's in Fortitude Valley, so a lot of business lunches and stuff, so it needs to be super quick. Um, the Plough, right on South Bank there, so they get really busy really quickly. So it's fast food, but done really well. Um, then it just varies up. So we'll have, we've got a master menu now with about when we started last month, about 250 dishes, and gives them the opportunity to, to pick some, take some, and do what they want to do with them as well. So wow. it's just about keeping it all in the right track, because we, when we take over a place, we'll, we'll everyone decides in the room what we want it to be and where we want it to shift to. We give them that first menu. The head chefs usually come down here and work a week, see the standards and get them behind the whole the whole deal. Yeah. Then um, they'll go up and it's, and it's all theirs. So. Yeah, wow. It's crazy. Because I was going to say, when do you, well, you do the menus here, um, and obviously you've got a repertoire of food that you've cooked and yeah. over the years, but where where else do you get your inspiration? Sometimes it's, we're doing a really big push on just trying to pull the margins down because the food costs are going through the roof. Yes. So we're, we're diving in and taking dishes that usually wouldn't, like a beef tiki wouldn't have on a summer salad. So we're finding bits and pieces like that to do with it last, like we're doing a, it's beef cheek with like a pomegranate tabbouleh and stuff like that, so it shreds through and it's, you just think of it as a nice heavy dish, but it's really light when you have it with everything else. So getting inspiration from that and suppliers really as well, can really put the pressure back on them to work for us and offering specials or whatever you got, what new fish is coming through, just to really open up the minds of everyone. And, and actually here as well, we're getting a lot of inspiration from the chefs. We get a lot of Nepalese guys and Indian guys. Yeah. So they're making really beautiful. Like Sonny's made this little curry toothpaste dish for the the side and adapting their sort of their style and their sort of history of cooking into the stuff as well is it's really odd because at takers we get taught that stuff. No, it's yeah. right. And going through toothpaste um and the point and stuff, you're not making curries and the flavours and stuff like that and working with spices, it's it's not anything that anyone's ever showed me. So getting that inspiration from these guys as well is, is really good. Yeah, I've been talking to people lately, and they, you know, people are complaining about how expensive it is to eat out, and how ridiculous, you know, the costs are, and 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 trying to have that conversation, but that the produce costs so much now, and I mean, we only have to go to the supermarket ourselves and see how much things cost, and of yeah. course, um, you know, dining out, you've got all your other costs on top of that. Do you think? Um, I mean, well, it seems to me that people are still dining out in huge numbers, yeah. but do you think dining out is going to change? I think we've seen it change, especially in the pubs, like where you go out to like the nice fine two-hat restaurants and stuff, where you probably go once a month, maybe twice a month, um, changing the dishes and stuff to suit, not saying we're going to cook two-hat dishes in the pub and stuff, but making it a little bit nicer and using fresh produce brand names and stuff and charging a little less. We're seeing a lot more people come in. Um, we had a huge boom. It just halfway through last year um, of people coming in and like I said we see it in the reviews we see it in everything that they just they can enjoy the pub meal once or twice a week um, we've seen huge 
we run some really tight specials here for like a steak night. So we use a nice Cape Cream steak all the way through and there's, you can't even cook a Cape Cream steak for 22 bucks. So we're getting a lot of people come through. We can do two, 300 people on that in the pub side on that those Tuesday nights as well. So like we see them coming in for the specials and like, yeah, I think, yeah, they're just, they're coming in for those cheap options as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I read T Lee's um, post she did about barn me and how everyone thinks that's a really cheap, it should be a cheap food and you know, you should be able to get it for under $10, but the amount of effort um, that go, goes into making one of those is yeah. so considerable. And I think that's probably the case with, you know, when you're doing good food yeah. um, and having a good product. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's sort of interesting the public perception of things, isn't it? Yeah, well, we get a lot of people come through, oh, you can't make that, you can't charge that for a steak and not have chips on the side. And I was like, that's <laughs> not a problem, mate. Like, what are, you, yeah. what are you talking about? And we make like the hand cut chips and the, the, the effort that guys that, that put in. And like, the, the boys that do close to 400 covers a week through this room, and it's, it's the three of them. Yeah. So they're putting so much effort into comping the tomatoes, cooking the, cooking the chips, and everything like that. Because, like I said, we, we focus on just having really nice stuff and doing it properly. And I don't think people see the, the other end of it. It'd be nice for them to come in and watch for a day or the whole week as well and see what goes into and what you're paying for. And, I so said, there's a lot of stuff that should go up that hasn't gone up yet. Like we've got, we haven't passed on all the costs. No, um, yeah. That sort of come through and we're getting smarter with secondary cuts and even with whole fish, Sunny, instead of filling it down, you take the table off first so they'll go to a shared table so you're not wasting that bit. Um, we're using, we got a, a good shipment of kingfish collars as well. So we put that on a nice side, so they're using the fillets and you're still getting a really nice product, but it's like it's a secondary cut. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, you know what to do with them though, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So I often think about too, a lot of these kitchens where, um, where you're using everything um, and, and really cutting back on waste and everything. I wish that I had some of that knowledge as well. Yeah. I probably could research and find out to be honest, but um, I, I th I'm always so, obviously so impressed by chefs and how you do manage to find a different way all the and time. And that just must be, yeah, it must just be because from working with food over the years, you yeah. build up um, that knowledge, but also I feel like uh, there's, I, don't know, I can't really even express it. There's no fear of experimenting and trying yeah. things because I guess you must know about you know what's going to work and what doesn't. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've been really lucky when I started my apprentice, I was the owner operator, so owner head chef. So he was pretty strict on everything. So mm. there was a lot of discipline in through there, and like I said, there was no, didn't get in trouble for trying new things or mm. trying a different way. And, and I remember some of the times he used to make us make the staff meals out of the field mushrooms, so the skin off those. And he's like, because if we peel them, he's like, what are you doing? Don't throw them in the bin, we can cook them up. And I was like, it's a yeah. skin off a mushroom, what are you talking about? Then they said he'd make a nice risotto and stuff. So, oh, wow, that's um, interesting. Yeah, I, I was really fortunate with a couple of guys that sort of opened my eyes up to try new things and just try in different ways and not being scared to to, to fail, really. Mm. Um, obviously, something turns out awful sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, it's very rarely, so. And do you have notebooks and things, or is it just all in your head? I've got notebooks, I've got cookbooks. Mm. I don't I have yeah, close to 800 cookbooks at home, much to my partner's disgust. Mm. They take up a lot of room, but yeah, I've got <laughs> notebooks, pads, um, photos of recipes. We've got a big Bible in the kitchen there. It's a, a, a big, that the, the girls are filling out. And so yeah. every new dish that we go gets gets into there, or slowly gets, it gets written in the first one, then once it's refined, it goes into that book and, and kept aside. But I remember all my head chefs saying, where's your notebook, where's your notebook? Write this stuff down, because you'll forget it. And I was like, yeah forget it but yeah I sort of regret not writing stuff down from my, my first years that's for sure so mm, mm. 
I was going to ask, do you think about food 24-7, but I know that it's shared with thinking about babies, so steak and babies, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, no, even at home, I get put to work at home, so yeah. cooking dinner for everyone at home, so I usually, I'll be up at five with Max. Um, we have breakfast, watch a couple of cartoons and stuff, and I'm usually here by eight, nine o'clock. Then I'll shoot home from four till six, so straight in there, cooking dinner and making new stuff for Mel. Then um, if it's depending on what's happening or not, I'll be back here. If I'm not back here, back on the computer looking for new dishes and stuff, because I said it's always changing, prices are always going up. Um, so we've got to be pretty, pretty onto it and pretty reactive when something jumps, like chicken or we, well, or we don't get the stock. Mm. So we go from having all these great ideas and the margins set, and we put a lot of, we have a girl that does all our recipes in Queensland, she's actually down here, because we run a program that costs everything out, stock taking all that weekly as well. Um, so that's all kept up to date, but. When chicken goes through the roof, or steak goes through, or we can't get a product, can't get chips, mm. um, yeah. it's panic station. So you've got to be prepared for that. And yeah, it's never, especially here, we get a lot of guys come through that want special menus and special beef, and it's always, you know, I'm always looking for new stuff. So new supplies as well. You obviously love it, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I said, we, with all the steak and the fish I did early on, like I said, I was always, you're looking for new things and tweaking and changing and, making something look like something it's not and then sort of pulling it back now and like I said, just cooking with the best stuff you can, doing it properly and teaching the guys as well. Mm. Um, that's my big one where I can sort of step away and work with them, teach them and like I said, Sonny, Sonny's been with me for five years now and now he's one of this whole joint by himself. Mm. So he started as a, a sponsorship chef and he's come through the ranks and yeah, wow. it's incredible. So. And Keely, I mean, it's, it sounds to me like, um, I was going to ask about well-being, but it feels like you set up um, a really good atmosphere in the kitchen and you, you respect they, you know, your chefs and they, you know... And, oh, I come in every morning, say hello. Yeah. Um, we make chai, where everyone takes a turn to make chai tea because all the Nepalese guys, they make a beautiful chai. So we go through and who's making tea today and it's always, yeah, it's, it's always friendly in there and we've had a couple of bad eggs through and they've come through in the worst times when it's really busy and... One big thing that we we sat down and spoke about is that like I said, if we there's no point carrying this bad egg around if it's gonna affect the other fifteen guys. So you gotta make the tough calls and what's right for the team as well, even though you might have to step up and do an extra day or extra couple of hours. It's about the place, like it's about the team now and as a group we focus that on as well. Um, because yeah, without the team, the customers won't be happy and there'll be no money in the bank. So mm. there are big ones. But the team's happy, they'll look after our customers. So yeah. but yeah, we got a really good solid team in there now and we went over to Dubai in July and we've sponsored 28 chefs to come back as well. Wow. So mainly for the Continental and maybe Townsville as well. Mm. It's just so hard to get people in those areas. Sorrento, yeah, if you, you work in, or if you live in Sorrento, you don't need to work and if you want to work in Sorrento, you can't afford to live there. So it's really hard. And so you reckon there's fewer Australian local people who want to become chefs? I've, the the apprenticeship stuff has really dried up a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people have been burnt out or maybe there's not a, a round of good teachers through there anymore. Like when you take an apprenticeship, like we, we take everyone pretty seriously here. And everyone, if you're high level, low level, you're everyone starts at the same point and they, they work their way through and um, earn the respect of everyone else and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's really hard to get someone that's keen, passionate, um, 
and willing to do the do the work because there's a lot more there's a lot of easier jobs out there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in the last couple of years, it's been pretty tough. And so, what is your advice to people who are thinking about becoming a chef? Just to make sure you love it. Um, like I said, it takes a special sort of person to sacrifice what you have to to, to get where you want to be. And like I said it's a, it's a it's a beautiful sort of job to do, especially especially here. Like when you can look out, we've got open kitchens in most of our places. You can look out, and people come up to the pass, even on the pop side. So that was beautiful. Like those little things help, and we get a lot of people through here. They come up to say, they they try coming to the kitchen and shake the chef's hand. That's the best steak I've ever had. That that's sort of feeling. Like there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Um, creating that emotion for the people that come in and eat and celebrating their special occasions and stuff. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, it it just be yeah. Make sure you love it and sort of give it a red hot crack because it can give you a lot. It opens lots of doors and meet a lot of people. And like I said, the, the stuff that you can experience by eating your way through everything. It's it's really good. So. Thank you. That's Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Jake First at Cinder in the Terminus Hotel. You can check out all the Cinder goodness for yourselves on Instagram at cinder.melbourne. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear about some other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. And I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats and follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks so much for listening and have a great day.